Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Thoughts you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene. I'm Wole and I'm your host, uh, Ray Jeezy and Will T. They'll be joining me later. Uh, we are also part of Amphire Media at AmphirePyramedia.com. Uh, Amphire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows such as the John Kime Report hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders insider John Kime and, and Jones Football hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Hey, again, make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. Subscribe, please. Hit the subscribe button and like a whole bunch of videos. Algorithms are amazing. Hey, this uh, this show can be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amphire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Check out. Our weekly NFL picks on fantasy on excuse me on the football garbage uh, time website. Just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. It's part of the Urban Sports Scene versus Football Garbage Time Challenge. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene uh, Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers, Sports Podcasters, and Sports Debates. Will T would normally say it, but he's not in the building. But I'm going to say it. Let's get into our tradition: the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington Commanders winning their season opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars and their upcoming game against the Detroit Lions. We have Sports Journey's Commanders reporter Lake Lewis Jr. on the show. He is also one of the main personalities on ABC Morning News Channel 4, WOAY-TV. Uh, at 8.30, we'll talk Canelo Triple G3 and Anthony Joshua uh, Anthony Joshua's team agreeing with Tyson Fury's t- uh, terms for a heavyweight title fight. Finally, in our segment HBCU Corner, we have a pre-taped interview with Alabama State University men's basketball coach Tony Matlock. All right, but first, right now, we have the homie Sports Journey's Washington Commanders reporter Lake Lewis on the line. What's good, Lake? What's going on with you, man? How you been? I'm good, man. How you been? You, I see you was, you was in the building. We talked last week, but you was in the building, that, that rocking event, that rocking game. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I got I to tell you, that's the loudest I've heard that stadium in a long time. Yeah, you know what? Because I, I was at the game. Me and my brother were hanging out. We were at the game. And 
I was like, when I we, when we got there, we got in. I was like, it's not that crowded. Like I'm thinking, like it ain't crowded, crowded. But I mean, it was better mm-hmm. than better than usual, right? But just yeah. the fans themselves, like they were in it. Like I have to get, I got to say, like Washington fans showed out. Like the energy showed out. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't more Jacksonville fans in yeah. the building. And, you know, that was the first because normally you look on one side of the field and mm-hmm. it's, it's all the other team's colors, and it just wasn't a lot of Jacksonville fans. I mean, it was a decent amount, but I would probably say from percentage wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was eighty twenty Washington fans, and normally it's not like that. Normally it's it's sixty forty or fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. So that was you know that win was more important, not just because you get a win. Of course, they're all they're all hard to get, so you you take them how you get them. But you didn't want to lose your first game in the way they would have lost, where they would have had a nice lead and it fell apart. And we saw some of the you know traditional things that happened. <laughs> plagued them over the years where you know it starts to snowball and things go from bad to worse um you know so for them to pull that game out the way they did and get the victory in front of the fans who who clearly were a star for a winner you know um that was a good first start for them in their inaugural game as the commanders i agree let's get right to it you mentioned the, the, the commanders 128 22 they beat the jaguars the jaguars what were your thoughts on their performance I, I, I'm impressed with the, the the weapons that they have on offense. If if things if they can get it all under, you know, all in in a cohesion, I mean, this offense could be very dangerous. And then you think about the fact that if Brian Robinson Jr. can come back, you know, um, healthy, uh, you, you got Cole Turner coming coming back healthy. You know, that just adds more value to your tight end room in that regard. You know, there's just more pieces and weapons that they're going to have. Um, you know, you, you look at a guy like Deami Brown didn't even really get on the field, yeah, you know. No. So, right. So you think about it. Um, you know, Jahan Dotson, what can you say? I mean, we are. We know. Um, <laughs> you knew it was coming. I hey, mean, just, hey, man. <laughs> I, I, I told you. Did I not tell you, oh, you that did. that kid was special, man? You did. I mean, but you know what? If, and, I, I feel like if you were a Big Ten fan, like you know. You already know because – like they had no mm-hmm. quarterback playing. The dude would always put up numbers. Like he would always. And that's what I keep telling people. I'm telling people that you know, like name his quarterback. You can. I mean, I know it was Sean Clifford, but yeah. you know, at the end of the day, he didn't have a pro quarterback yeah. throwing him the ball. And teams would double team him, and he still would eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was special in special teams too, as far as a punt returner. So he's just a playmaker. He's a guy that can that that knows how to get you know his body where the ball needs to be. His catch radius is ridiculous. He just doesn't drop passes. Um, and I think he's faster than some people realize. Oh, so, right. So you you put him, I mean, super quick, you know. Yeah. So you you put him obviously obviously opposite Terry McLaurin. And then you saw how healthy Curtis Samuel looked. I mean, he had guys underwear on the field. Yo, <laughs> I got to eat crow with that, man. Like, I, 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 I put it on Twitter, man. I got to eat crow. Um, I mean, I watched this kid play, but I – I'll give two parts. Scott Turner used them right. Uh, he used them in a way I thought he should be used, but he's more electric than I, I remember. Like, I used to watch this kid at Ohio State, and I was like, yeah, he, you know, he's got moves. He's got shakes, but he's I mean, better than I thought. He's, he's better than what I remember. Like, he's even better than I, than I remember when I used to watch him in college. I mean, his first two years in Carolina, I mean, he, he was doing some things. I mean, he, he was – he was he was a one man gang and their offense and then obviously they had Christian McCaffrey, um, 
you know, so you, you just think of how they can use him. And obviously he's a guy that can run the football too, yes. you know, played some running back in college. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's a guy that can do a lot of different things. And I think, you know, one of the things that's not talked about is how good did Antonio Gibson look when they could bring him out of the backfield? Mm-hmm. I mean, he scored the touchdown, you know, he did. And that, so, so, so that's the thing, you know, you, you get a Brian Robinson in to be your traditional thumper, you know, I mean, your traditional running back, and you have Antonio Gibson in there at times with him in a package, and then you have your three receivers, and you have, you know, Logan Thomas who will just get better as the season goes along, get his knee under him. You have to think, man, and now you got a big-arm quarterback who, say what you want about the two interceptions because those were dreadful. They were, but but he was making throws in that game on Sunday that I haven't seen in D.C. in a long time. Yeah, he was a real quarterback. You know what I mean? He was yeah, a real they, quarterback. They, have, I, they got a pro quarterback. I, I, yep. I do want to throw – because you mentioned Gibson. Like, so we – you know, I feel like this – I don't know why this regime is so stubborn. And what bothers me is that fans have been stating this throughout – since he's been here, since the kid has been here. Fans have been right. stated they want to see this dude – you know, if you're going to use him as a running back, <laughs> use him in situations where he can put him in a passing game where he can run routes – against linebackers and, and things of that sort. And they barely did that the first two years. Now this – and when they, did, when they didn't have talent, now, mm-hmm. like, they have mm-hmm. all the talent in the world, they want to do it. And I'm like, whoa, you could have made it easier for any quarterback if you did that with the, with him his first two seasons because he played wide receiver in college. But you do it now. Yeah. Like, I'm just always – it fascinates me how stubborn this, this, this coaching staff is and they make certain folks feel like, you know what, that makes no sense. Why would we do that? But then you end up doing it and then it's the best thing in the world. Well, that's the one thing I've always said, and I agree with you. That's the one thing I've always said with when you bring in a, a an older coach, you know, an established coach, that coach doesn't know any other way. It just it, it, he and I tell people all the time, they know the way that got them fired wherever they were. <laughs> that that's pretty True. much what it boils down to, and you hope they come to you. And their old way can work. Maybe you have enough pieces for it to work or whatever. And I think with, with Scott Turner, he shows you at times he can be very dynamic with his play call. Yeah. But then you're, 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 you're wishing for more at times. And I agree with you. I've never liked how they used Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Even when he had some success and you think of the Thanksgiving Day game in yeah. Dallas uh-huh. two years ago. You, you, I mean, it was nice. But you just knew his body was going to ultimately break down yeah. for the way they were. They were running him in between the tackles. Yeah. And yeah. for a guy to come in to the, the toughest league and, and, you know, in sports as far as, you know, him coming in, learning a new position on the fly. And that's not an easy position to play. Some people think you can find running backs anywhere. Well, you might be able to find running backs anywhere if they've played it their whole whole life mm-hmm. and that's why the difference between him and brian robinson you can just see with your own eyes i mean we don't have to make this up for fans um as being media we can just li- l- tell them watch what we're watching yeah brian robinson hit holes harder he uh, was more decisive he knew he knew when to fall forward i mean just traditional things you can tell that these guys were coached up his backs especially at bama you know um, and then with, with Antonio Gibson, he, the way they run him, sometimes you hold your breath because they still were trying to run him in the in between the tackles. 
<laughs> so I'm just like, you know, let's utilize the guy's speed, do some things that will help his game, get him off the backfield. And they did that, and it worked. My problem with Scott Turner in this game was he got away with what was working for them, they, and then they just got conservative. But then at the end, when they opened it back up, you saw that they just had too many playmakers um, not to keep their foot on the gas for 60 minutes. I mean, for all intents and purposes, my friend, they should have blown this team out. They should have won that game by two, three touchdowns. So they didn't. They won the game. They found a way, which is great. I mean, it shows resiliency, and it does. But, you know, you just you got to learn how to put teams away. And you can tell they're not used to being in big leads. So they didn't know how to handle that 14-3 lead. Jacksonville was waving the white flag in the second quarter. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought they were ready to be done. Um, George, uh, who's listening to the show, said that uh, basically um, – I think I'm looking at it right. Let me, look at it. Let me pull it up right now. Uh, George mm-hmm. said that, yeah, Jacksonville let, uh, let Washington off the hook. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you yeah. agree with that assessment? Like, do you think that Jacksonville the Jackson, let, let, let no, Washington I, off the I, No, I wouldn't say that. Okay. Um, and the reason why I say that is I think Washington let Jacksonville off the hook. Oh, yeah. I really agree. Agree. Early. Yeah. Early. They did. No, I agree. I but agree. They, they did early. They should have put them away. They mm-hmm. just don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. So it gave Jacksonville life. I mean, let's face it. Jacksonville had, what, four field goals. <laughs> uh you know, and and when they did score, they got the ball in their own, you know, side of the field because of the interception. So it wasn't like they were doing a whole lot. I mean, ETN had some nice plays. Well, that boy fast, man. Oh, well, man, he, he's dumb fast, <laughs> you know, exactly. You know, he had some nice plays. Um, you know, Marvin Jones Jr., I mean, I've always liked his game yeah. even when he was in Detroit, just a tough receiver. But – I didn't walk away from that game thinking that Jacksonville was the better team at all, not even close. And that and that says a lot, you know. I just know with my own eyes, I saw potential, an offense that has the potential to be really good. And I mean top ten good. Yeah, they have that potential. They just got to put it all together. Yeah, I agree. My, my homie Cameron on Twitter said Carson Wentz got weapons. We got a, a three-headed monster in Samuel, uh, McLaurin and Dotson, and we finally use Gibson as a receiver more often than th- more often. Thank you, Scott Turner. Like you said, Lake. Um, yeah, using Gibson as a receiver. Uh, we already Dotson. We already I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, I want to talk about Dotson. That's why I, I, I brought you on the show. I want to give, give you some more Penn State love. We are right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> of um, course, of course. And I mean, dude, like, like let's let's put let's break it down. First game in the NFL. Made it look easy. Uh, he had two touchdowns. And not that he had two touchdowns. I th- and you said this, you know, when we talked, you know, one-on-one about the kid uh, when he got drafted. Um, like, his route running is amazing. Like, if you oh, really look, it's, it's amazing. amazing. It's on Tory. It's a young Tory Holt type of route running. It's like, it's that yeah. good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. his first touchdown, how he set that up, it, like, an average of receiver who just God-given ability can't make that type of play. Like, his, no. him being a technician, Mm-hmm. Is something else, and I, I can go as far to say as we all like we all love Scary Terry as a rookie. We all thought he was a great, a really good route runner. This Jahan mm-hmm. is a, is above Scary at that oh, element oh, right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah. That's you not even, I mean? and that's not even for debate. Yeah, and it's like, not even shade. It's not throwing shade. It's just being factual. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jahan to me, potential, just yeah, potential, just straight potential. Yeah. I've said it. I think he can be their best receiver. Agreed. I, 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 I believe. Can see it. I can see it. And and. 
and and you can just look at how he does stuff. You you said he is he's a technician. Mm-hmm. The way he sets up D backs, like he he knows how to accelerate out of a cut. Mm-hmm. He knows how to slow down for a ball. I mean, he just he has ultimate body control. And I'm telling you, I, and I keep saying, it, and people are like, no, you know, I had a friend of mine. We were going back and forth, and he said, if you look at their actual size, weight, and height, and he said he's Emmanuel Sanders. And I'm like, mm, I think he he said with more upside. Okay. And I said, I'm going to tell you who he is. He's Odell Beckham. That's who he is. I'm telling you, the reason why I say that is because with Odell, you never really knew how fast he was. Mm-hmm. But when he got the ball, he was always getting in the open field. Yeah, I got you. Um, his, his route running. Odell Beckham's a great route runner. Um, oh, amazing. You know, amazing. Yeah, runner. yeah. yeah. And, 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 and his catch radius, he doesn't drop anything. Yeah. That's Jahan. And, and I just think that sometimes people don't see that comparison because Jahan's less flashy, obviously. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah, but if you just look at their games on the field, watch this kid. I mean, he goes by guys, and you're like, damn, he he didn't run he didn't run a four two forty, but he goes by guys. He, he's kind of got, you know, he he's well, he ran a four 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 three. Well, 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 I was going to say this. He kind of he kind of reminds me. And please, folks listening, don't don't take this literally because <laughs> people are like, oh, are you kidding? He's he's a bumped his head because he's a Penn Stater. No, he, he kind of reminds me of Jerry Rice. Oh, okay. And I, I and I say, up. I just mean the smoothness of how he moves on the field. Mm-hmm. Like Jerry Rice wasn't the fastest dude, yeah. but he damn sure was caught a lot of bombs from Joe Montana yeah. uh, slant routes that was, he took to the house, yeah. and that's because he knew where to be. Um, and, and it just seems like this guy can track the ball down with the best of them. That catch he made at the end of the game, oh, oh, uh, not, pretty, not too many veterans are making that oh, catch. Man, it's, it's a beautiful catch, man. Like, I yeah. thought that, you know, like, at first I was like, damn, he got he, had, he beat this dude bad, but he adjusted. He played it smart. He trusted his hands. Like, you could tell, yeah. like, he trusted his hands. Like, he, he, he gave basically gave the, the, the cornerback the okey-doke. Like, he was like, all right, I'm going to catch it at the last he second. Did. That way you wouldn't be aware of turning – you wouldn't turn around at a particular right. time. So, he was smart. Like, he – He's a smart. He's a technician as a, as a receiver. You can tell. Like he he don't do this. He don't do this for. He don't do this. He don't play this. He do this. Put it that way. He don't play right, this. Yeah. He do this. I, I'm impressed, man. And I'm mm-hmm. telling you, him. I you know I I tweeted this back in training camp, and people are like, "Here we go, you media guys, always blowing smoke." <laughs> I, I I tweeted out. There was one play in particular that was the first time they had ever done it was in training camp, uh-huh. and they lined all three of the receivers up to one side of the field. Mm. And it was, and I literally tweeted out right there. I mean, that play when they when they ran the play, uh-huh. I think I think Carson Wentz tried to dump it off to McKissick or somebody, and they dropped the ball. So it didn't it didn't work? But uh-huh. just the formation itself, I tweeted out the trio of receivers that Washington has now are going to give teams fits because the irony is they're almost one in the same Yeah, size wise and everything. They're quick, elusive. Um, The the irony, the irony in all this, the most expensive, most expensive of the receivers, Terry McLaurin and rightfully so great guy, great player might be the stiffest out of all three of them. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a guarantee. <laughs> I think he's the stiffest. He don't got the shakes. Mm-hmm. Like, Scary is, a, is awesome after the catch, so it's not knocking him. But you're right. I know what you mean by stiffness. It's like it's different. Yeah, yeah. Like, they got 
you saw you saw it with Samuel, and if you watched oh, Ahmad Dotson in college as a kick returner, um, and what he can do with the ball in his hand, you already know, like you know what time it is. So they're twitchy. They're more twitchy than scary. They're way more twitchy yeah, they, than yeah, scary. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. You know I mean? And if that's the case, and if that's the case, I mean, my God. <laughs> I know I'm with you. Like I'm with you. I think that potentially, if everybody stays healthy, right? Like you gotta look at it. Like if they stay healthy, they can do a lot of damage. You know what I mean in terms of a unit because they all bring something totally different. Like Curtis Samuel to me is is a faster but low tier in terms of because I'm not gonna call him like Debo a beast, but like a Debo, but faster, but low tier though. Ain't Debo Debo is different animal. So I don't want to say he ain't better than Debo, but they can they can utilize him that way. Um, then you have, you know, you got the slick route running of Jahan Dotson, who's going to probably see single, going to see a lot of single coverages because of scary, right? So right. there's so many different elements. And you mentioned a guy in, um, in, in Deami Brown, who's fast, who has playmaking ability as a deep threat, hasn't been able to show up. He can't get any time because these other dudes are so vicious, right? So it's just like right. the team is so deep. In terms of, and God forbid, if somebody does go down, you can still like, you know what? I got a Deami Brown, and I don't, I don't have to start, but I can give him more more reps because, hey, we're that deep at wide receiver. It's a it's a good problem to have, to be honest with you. Oh no, it's a great problem. Mm-hmm. To have. I mean, Cam Sims didn't hit the I'm field. I'm sorry, a Cam lot. Sims too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Who yeah, you know, you know mm-hmm. those those are guys that, and, and I and I also got to say something too that I didn't think I would ever say. I gotta give Dak Millen some credit, man. And what? Back there as a punt returner. You liked he, it? You he, liked it? Listen, I, I'm not saying <laughs> he, he was lighting the world on fire, but uh, he was a couple, a couple steps from having some really big games. A couple times. I will, I will say this: like he he, made, he had made so many moves and went like three yards out the moves. I, I was I was sitting yeah, there talking. I mean, but so <laughs> some of that some of that was the coverage, though. But I mean, but. but but he wasn't. But he's he's not back there stiff though. Like no, yeah. like he literally, he literally, he he did that at BYU, and I see now why. You know, at the end of the day, personally, I think Jahan should be back there because that's too. what he excelled at too. But, but he's so valuable. Exactly. Yeah, he's so valuable. You just can't risk that. And and I and I'm okay with that. So you got to go with somebody that's that's you're comfortable enough to secure the ball. Because when they were talking about Antonio Gibson doing that, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I did. I mean, I, I could see how. Yeah, because of the fumbling, right? I would like. I mean, to me, I would. I think Dax Mill Milton would be Dax Mill would be better suited as a returner mm-hmm. if he did the whole Brian Mitchell approach. Like, you don't got to dance; just do just one cut and go. And I think he would have a better opportunity to get more yards. Well, he's gonna have chances. He's gonna he's gonna have chances. Um. You know the, the the problem is is that when when they when teams punt against Washington, we're jumping up and down because the damn defense did their job for them. <laughs> yeah, right. Because not gonna be a lot of punts. <laughs> oh God, man, that defense is got problems. Yeah. That they've got so talk about address. that real quick. So, like, what was your thought on the thoughts on the defense? I mean, I thought the defensive line played great. Yeah, I really did. I agree. Um, they they put a lot of pressure on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, even when he got rid of the ball, he was he was getting pushed on pushed on his back, you know. Um, so 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 the defensive line did their job. They really did. Yeah, they got gashed, you know, a couple times against the run. Um, but that's where you know that thin linebacking core comes into play. Um, um, I saw some things from Jamin Davis. Obviously, I mean, I, I mean, I saw a couple things. I did. 
the problem is, you know, you know my saying with this. When we have to reward, um, I don't want to say being mediocre. I just, I just mean in the sense yeah, of one of the things that that fans of Washington have a propensity to do is. Um, because they want a winner, and they're yeah. used to that. From if you're older like us, you remember them days. Yeah. So the problem is, they make a player that's a good player and gas them up. They they gas them up and make them great mm-hmm. here. So what's happening is, yeah, I saw some things from Jamin Davis, but guess what? He was a first round draft pick. I'm supposed to see that and then some. Yeah. <laughs> so, I will say this so, though for Jamin though, because I felt like he got a, a bum rap. And this this is the only thing I would like I don't like when people say he got boots getting beaten space. I'm like, bruh, you had him check in a wide receiver. You had him yeah. check in uh Kirk and and Kirk yeah. was burning your cornerbacks. So you had the yeah. dude that was burning your cornerbacks, you got your linebacker yeah. checking him. Like, how does that yeah. even I make mean sense? hell, there was a there was a play I had I saw Montez sweat covering somebody over the middle. Yeah, and I'm like, like, <laughs> like that's, that's that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. They've got to address the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is Jack Del Rio. Is he is he getting it done? That's just, I mean, and it's not to pour gas on anything and be mm-hmm. negative. I mean, hell, I tell people all the time, if this team wins, I don't have to pay for my dinners. <laughs> so <laughs> I want them to win. You know, I pray that they win. Yeah. Um, but but at the end of the day, we, we have a job to do. And this defense has not lived up to the billing of what was expected under his tutelage. I mean, there's 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 talent on that defense. Like Montez Sweat to me, had he had a lot he, he had a lot of pressure. Yeah. I'll give him that. But but you need way more than that. You you need he's supposed to be a double digit sack guy. He he literally has that kind of potential. Yeah. He just doesn't do it. He don't and finish. To me, he don't finish. He doesn't. He, he gets doesn't. there. He puts his hands on the quarterback. He just don't finish. That's what it is. I mean, the, none of them finish yeah, except for John Allen. Yeah, that's, that's the only it. one. That's the only one. That that's finishes. the only one. Mm-hmm. Like Deron Payne does not finish. Yeah. I mean, and and fans will say, "No, you're being harsh on them." No, I'm saying they're first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. They're you're supposed to get more from them. If all of them could get give you what John Allen's giving you, that that that. They'd be ferocious. I mean, and, and I gotta say it too. William Jackson is not playing well. He's just. Could you say not. both? Could you say both? Because you see that boy Fuller. Is... Oh. <laughs> Can we be fair and say both? I mean, they like oh. arguing in the puddle who they want to throw at. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm going over there, nah, man. man I'm you, I'm starting to say juice, man. Outside over this, like I don't. Ugh, I, he starts. I'll I'll take that over. What yeah, they're doing outside. I'm sorry. Like, what both of them are doing. Because I felt like, I felt actually, because I actually felt bad for Kendall Fuller in that game, though. Because they really were picking on him. It was, they, 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 flags, they, 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 the, literally, they were drawing straws, yo, man. Seriously, man. <laughs> like, I got this one. I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, there's guys like Danny Johnson on the practice squad. I like Danny Johnson. I'm saying... Give some of these younger guys a chance at, at, if if this continues. And I'm not saying you start. I'm not saying you start and break all this up after one game. They yeah. did win. Yeah. But either they're not using William Jackson right, or or something's wrong because that's not 
the dude that I saw in Cincinnati. I agree. This is not the same dude. And it's not even close. And it's wild because there's always a common denominator. Like, I feel like this isn't Chase wasn't the same dude I saw at Ohio State. Um, no, not at all. And I feel like I don't like blaming. See, when I, when, I, when I see things like that, I don't like blaming players. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I know who I, I, I have an idea who, who I want to blame. I don't like blaming players because I feel like. Well, that's because you used that's because you used to play and, and I used to play. Yeah. I mean, it. it we were biased, but yeah. at the end of the day, we're only going to be as good as the coaches who, who left. That's the truth. That's the truth. And, and, and something about this defense <laughs> just reeks, man. I remember Ron Rivera preaching over and over to us when he first got here. You remember him telling us? Yeah. Um, no one's going to dictate to us. Mm-hmm. So always say that. You, you can pull up the footage of him. Giving speeches in the locker room, saying yeah. that we we used to hear him telling us that all the time. Yes. Teams are dictating all the time. <laughs> they all they, the time. they dictate everything. That's what bothers me. That's why I'm like, yeah, yeah. this defense yeah. doesn't dictate anything. Every the offense yeah. dictate everything with this defense, and it's wild. Like you said, it's too like. All right, they've lost some people. They lost some really talented people um, in free agency or whatever. That's their decision. That's their decision. But still, though, like they're still good enough to be a top tier defense. That's how I look at for like when people say, "Well, they lost this, that, the other." They're still good enough to be a top tier defense. Them being this bad to me is not just talent. It's not a talent thing. Mm -hmm. It is not a talent thing. That's a scheme thing. And that's called back to coaching. Clearly, because you're right. There's no way that they should be struggling the way they do. They cannot get teams off the field on third down to yep. save their lives, man. And it's it was in the preseason, and, you know, sometimes people try have a, have a tendency to look the other way because uh, it's preseason, yeah. and they might be working on different packages that maybe they won't even use. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, there's some talent on this defense, and I, I, I'm just not seeing it. I'm, I'm really not seeing it. And – um. Benji St. Juice, I thought, played great last year as a rookie before he got hurt. Yeah. And and I don't I don't see him out there enough. Like Me too, I agree. you know, <laughs> I mean that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you how do you have a guy that played outplayed veterans and now he's in his second year? This reminds me eerily similar of Cam Curl. Cam yeah. Curl had that great rookie season yeah. and, and then last year. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, they wanted to platoon him with Landon Collins to appease the veteran. Listen, man, I will get fired playing a younger person that's better than an older person Agreed. all day. Agreed. Fire me then, fire. <laughs> because I'm trying to win. I'm trying, I'm trying to win. That's the goal, man. The goal is, is to is to win. It's to win the games, man. The goal is to win the games. So, so like, uh, let's go into Sunday. Next, this Sunday, Washington travels to Detroit. They take on the Lions. What are the keys to a Commanders victory? I mean, they, they first and foremost, they've got to get Detroit off the field on third down. That, that's imperative. Um, I don't know why I could see Carlos Swift having a huge game. <laughs> I, that, I just, that boy is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. I could just I could just see him having a, a, a well of a game. So they're going to have to. Did I say that? Damn. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So they. they yeah. <laughs> So they they're gonna have been anchoring too much, man. So so yeah, they they they're gonna have to shut that down, shut the run game down, um, and, and ironically make Jared Goff beat you. <laughs> I mean, make make him make him beat you. Um, I think on offense, I think they just have to keep doing what they're doing, keep plugging away. Um, 
we're just not going to see the full arsenal of this team for the first four games. You're just not because, you know, tight ends are still getting healthy. And then uh, Robinson's not in right now. I think he will be back after that fourth game. Um, He might need another two weeks to just get his body right from practicing. So, you know, I I just think the offense is going to be a work in progress um, pretty much the first quarter or two of first half of the season but it's still going to be good enough for them to win games. I just think by the, by towards the second half of the season, the offense is going to be lethal. I truly believe that. When I, maybe not lethal, but I think they're going to be dangerous. How about that? <laughs> yeah, they should, I think they have a good chance to be dangerous. I agree with you. So on, on our Facebook page, George said, do not let the Lions hang around. You know they, they will fight to the end. So step over yep. their necks if you get a chance. Like, yeah, I think the same thing. Like, the same thing with Jacksonville. If you got that opportunity, don't no, – no stupid fumbles. No dumb, no, no dumb turnovers, no stupid penalties. Like, if you got them down, don't give them any hope. And the homie Rob said, uh, posted, reduce the pass game, uh, run the run the ball. Got it, got it. I was just about to say that mm-hmm. he's correct, one hundred percent correct. Yeah. You have to, you have to establish the run. Mm-hmm. And Scott Turner just he he. There was times a couple years ago where he would run the ball exclusively, and I was yelling for them to get it to McLaurin. (laughs) And then last year it was like, damn, you know, run the ball. (laughs) And now now when you have a 14-3 lead and you totally go away from it and you let this team just keep picking and picking away at you, it was almost like, man, and I tweeted out, if Washington loses this game, this is on the coaches mm. for not making adjustments because Jacksonville made adjustments they sure after. They made adjustments. Well, well, I mean, it, 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 everybody knows, listen, every team has a scripted amount of plays yep. to start games. So you might have 20 plays. And those are your best plays that you can look at on film and practice and, and guys just get those plays, you know. So that's what team most teams start their games with. Mm. And – if a te- if a defense doesn't adjust, you run them twenty plays all game, you know. But most of the time, NFL coaches are wider coaches. They make adjustments, and now you've got to counter that. Well, I've never really felt like Scott Turner, eight or Ron Rivera either, were great adjusters, you know, to counter what other people were doing. And Scott Turner did make an adjustment in the fourth quarter, and which was which was nice to see. And what that was was. Stop having Carson Wentz throw these little short Deacon dunk things where uh, linebackers were jumping them. They were just jumping. They knew where he was going. That's why he had those two dreadful interceptions. So what it was was he got back to what they were doing early. They let him look down the field. And, I mean, the the pass to Terry McLaurin was beautiful, man. man. I mean, it was perfect. perfect. He can can do that. And once you start – Showing defenses on film, your, your your future opponents on film, that you've got weapons that can go down the field, it'll open up your running game too. So now it's just going to be curious to see how Scott Turner calls this game Sunday because Detroit's defense, I know they gave up a lot of points to Philadelphia. Um, you know, some of that was the offense. They did have a pick six, the Eagles, you know. So, so you know, I don't know if that score was indicative of – Detroit's defense because their defense isn't bad at all. Yeah, man, so, they tough. They some tough people. They got tough. Yeah, they got yeah. tough. So watch Hard Knocks. They're tough. <laughs> yeah, no, they definitely. I mean, Dan Campbell, their coach. I mean, 
he he they they play like him, yeah. you know, fiery. Mm-hmm. And um so so Washington has to know they're getting ready to go into a buzzsaw. You know, they're 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 going into a hornet's nest this weekend and that place was rocking against the Eagles. They almost pulled it out. Yeah, so um but but let's face it, if you're Washington and you have any dreams of anything, you've got to win your first two games. You just have to because they're winnable football games. So you won your first one. We I told everybody that there wasn't gonna be a blowout, it was gonna be a three point game. Um it wasn't three, it was five. Yeah. But still, it was a it was a hard four football game. It came down to the wire. Um, it's gonna be the same thing in Detroit. I, I don't see any team running away with this game. It's going to be a fourth quarter game and who makes the most plays and doesn't turn the ball over the same cliche stuff, but it's true. And more importantly, who can run the football? And right now you would have to say, just being realistic, Detroit has the better running game right now. Right now. Yeah. You got the best, you got a better um, running back. Got a running, got they the have the better run. running back. They, have a, they good, do. they have a good dynamic duo. The other, the other back is pretty good too. I think he's out of North Carolina. Williams. I mm-hmm. think, is it Williams? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, so I mean, they do. They've got a nice, nice setup there. Um, but Washington, you know, has to find a way to take that away from them. Um, receivers aren't bad there, but but they're not world beaters, you know, and at least not right now. They're young. Um, so you 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 know you might have a you, you might have a break this week, so to speak. I mean, I knew Jacksonville. People are like, oh, they don't have anything. I'm like, no, 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 no. They have professional receivers in Jacksonville. They just, I just don't know if their quarterback's what people think he is. That's just me. Man, I like, I, I like Trevor Lawrence. Man, I love Trevor Lawrence. No one's ever. Yeah, but yeah, but he's not in the same ballpark as a. I know Burrow stunk it up the other day, but he's oh, not, not yet. in the same ballpark as him was, or, or 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 Justin Herbert. He's not. Oh, in that not class. yet, not yet. But it's only because he he was he was poor. He was brainwashed by a bad coach last year from Ohio State in uh, Urban Meyer. So that's the only reason why it's it's going to take him a little bit longer. He has to be. He got to get that bad teaching out of his head. He's had bad teaching. Like the I just think he, <laughs> I just think that he played at Clemson where they were they were a little inflated. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that arm. I mean, saw some flash plays against us. I mean, well, everybody. Well, Washington makes everybody look good, so I don't like to use Washington as, as an example because they make everybody look yeah. good. So I want to do yeah. that. So, so I mean, yeah, the, go ahead, go ahead, Lake. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm saying he did. I mean, he's big. He had some throws, some nice throws, but I didn't see anything that just wowed me. Well, I will like, say, I, I believe I, he did that. I will say this though: the ish, the thing that, like you mentioned, like Washington made it very uncomfortable for him. For him, you know, a lot of people were talking about, oh, he wasn't accurate. Like he was getting hit left or right by, like. They didn't. They didn't finish, but they did put their hands on him. They oh, they did a lot. I mean? So they could have had six or seven br- sacks. Oh my God, bro! They could have really dominated. <laughs> they could have dominated that game, like in terms of the defensive line, in terms of sack numbers. It could have been crazy. Yeah. They could have had a fantasy day for a fantasy owner. Like it could have been something they special. They really could. Have. Really, really so, like, so what's your prediction of the game? Before I let you go, what's the prediction of the game? You know, just the way they won the game against Jacksonville, the the, the final drive. Mm-hmm. You could tell. You could tell that it, it it showed a lot of the guys that they can win games. That they can. I know it's Jacksonville, but you know, have to get ahead of themselves. But they're not silly. They also see what's going on in Dallas. You know, they see that it's like the Giants doing the Eagles do. Like, man, you know, this Saquon this back. is a, we are. yeah, right. Oh my God, <laughs> you know. So they 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 see that. You know, I mean, like like I always tell people, man, is there's. there's 
each team in the division has a Penn State stud on them. <laughs> and, uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my, you and, know what? And, you ain't lying. Dang, you ain't bro, lying. Bro, and, and, and listen, and the, the scary part about all that is they all played on the same team at one point. Dawson oh, was a freshman when Barkley right. was a senior. Yeah, they, bro, I'm telling you, man. And that was the team that won 11 Eagles games. Got, Eagles, got San, Eagles got Sanders. Right? Miles Sanders. That was that was Saquon's backup. Hey, you ain't lying. <laughs> Every team uh-uh. does got a. They do got a Penn State beast. And, and I'm okay. gonna go one further. Okay. I'm gonna go one further. You can look at every team in the league, and they got somebody. There you go. Now you're going. Now you're going. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm dead serious. They got somebody that did work, and they were all on this. This is why I get on James Franklin because they got some guys coming out of there that are absolute ballers. Mm-hmm. And for them to not have got, gotten over the hump. It's crazy. I just, it's, it's, crazy. It's, it's coaching, man. Or get a quarterback. <laughs> or get a, get a legit quarterback. <laughs> well, they got one now. And they got a freshman. And I, at some point, he going to hit the field. I mean, he's five-star. He looks just like Josh Allen. I'm dead serious. Oh, okay. I got, I, Look I, him up. Drew, Drew Alar. Okay, Drew Alar. Look I'm, him up. I'm going to check him. I saw like a little bit of the Purdue game. But yeah, I'm gonna check him up. I'm gonna check him. You know, I'm watching my Michigan squad. We doing good. We got McCarthy. We, we doing good. Oh, oh. And by the way, by the way, I know, I know, I know, I'm rambling. No, you ain't rambling. But, good. What's but, up? But, but the the freshman running back at Penn State, Nick Singleton, is oh, he a dog. Oh, can I say that he, though? He, he, he's he's fast. Sick, that kid yeah, fast. He, he's he's Saquonish. Yes, <laughs> I saw that. I mean, no, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I saw it. I saw it. I thought about you when you saw. I saw him run. I was like, oh, this dude's special. Like in but, two years, <laughs> in a year, and next year, oh, it's gonna oh, be. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. his time. All right, well, well, yeah. like before I let you go, man, let our listeners know what you have coming down the pike and how they can catch you on social media. Man, just just you know, doing my everyday, uh, you know, uh, morning show here, noon show here on ABC down here in West Virginia. Um, got a couple things, you know, in the bag, you know, might that that you know one might get me home, you know, but we'll see, okay. you know, we'll see how, right. we'll see how it goes, but. Um, as always, you know, they can go to sportsjourney.com. Um, they can, you know, check me out on social media, on Twitter at Lake Lewis, and then on the, all the other platforms at Lake Lewis Jr. So, yeah, man, just appreciate all the fans out there. It was great catching up with everybody this past weekend. I, saw, I, saw. I didn't know you were there, man. I'd have come up and so I'd have come up oh, where man. you were. Oh, man, we was, I was with my brother. We was in a, my brother's uh, com- my, the company my brother works for. They had like a suite, so we were just chilling. Uh, yeah. Watching, we just chill and watch the game. So yeah, man. Next time I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious, man. Next time, I mean, I'm absolutely, go, man. I'll come up there. I'll come up. Sure. I'm, t- I'm trying to you to Jasper's, dog. We are gonna hang out. <laughs> uh, I, listen, I'm there ain't nothing. You. There, there ain't no big deal. All let right. me know. I'll I'm let there. You, I'm telling you, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, that's a guarantee. I'm gonna let you know. I'm, I'm gonna text you and let you know. You talking about the one in Greenbelt, right? No, no, no. One right by the stadium. That's one uh, oh. in, right down the street. Oh, I did not know that. Yes, right down the street. <laughs> Like oh, right yeah, down definitely, the street. That's what I'm saying. Like that. it's not literally barring, you know, it shouldn't be traffic traffic. If you get through, it's like right down the street. It's okay. right on two oh two. It's like there. <laughs> that's what's up. Uh, yeah. That's what's up. So yeah, I'm okay. telling you. I'm telling you. So when when you done doing your thing, especially because you there late, by that time stuff's gonna be cleared out. I'll be I'll be around. <laughs> okay. All okay. Right. That'll work for All me. Right. Yeah. All right then, Lake man, appreciate you, man. Okay, I appreciate it. Take care now. All right, man. Take care. Okay. All right.
Again, man, that is Lake Lewis. Hey, hit him up on Twitter, at Lake Lewis. Again, at Lake Lewis. All right, Canelo, Triple G goes down Saturday. We will pre we will preview the trilogy after the break. Listen to the Urban Sports saying for Aegis. Yiddig, deuces. It breaks my heart. They ain't believing us. We the best music. They play themselves. Why you hating and being jealous? You could be over here embracing that love. More love, more blessings, more life. God did. You either win with us or you watch us win. DJ Khaled. They want to stop. But look at us now. They count you out. Time to say they a prayer. They didn't think that we were making it up. They didn't Maybe bow our heads. Those guys, they don't want to see you last. That take a three million dollars above your tax. A tub full of money, I still can't relax. Time spinning, Lord forgive me, I'm a sinner, conquer divide. Wrong side of the petition, only divine winning. Better listen when I tell you how I put time in it. Please forgive me, God did. So leave me in the dark, swimming with the sharks. Dope boy, big calm, still the biggest boss. Got a kilo on the place, and I'm on the freight. Oh, I could go and buy a bank, I know my money's safe. They count you south. They didn't think that we were making You are listening to the urban sports scene with now returning Will T and Ray Jeezy, and we are part of Ampire Media at ampiremedia.com. All right, fellas, good to be here. The Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight goes down this Saturday. Who wins and why? Well, um, I think Triple, excuse me, I think Canelo wins. Um, I feel as if Canelo has a lot to prove this time out um, with essentially, you know, the first two fights being so close and then his uh, recent loss um, when he stepped up to 175. Um, so I think we'll see a highly motivated, highly motivated Canelo this time out. Also, one of the things that I am very uh, unsure of is how will Triple G look with this much time off? I know that he had a fight earlier this year, but it's been a while since since Triple G has been in the ring with top tier talent uh-huh. and has actually gone the distance with top tier talent or boxed against top tier talent for it. For even that, um, to even mention it, um, but I, I think I have Canelo winning um, against Triple G, and I think this may be the fight where Triple G uh, hangs it up after this trilogy. Hey, George, George just uh, posted. Uh, he commented. George said, "We're going to talk about the judges shafting Triple G in the earlier matchup." I mean, no, that, those are, that's true. I mean, look, you know, definitely um, the second fight, right? I think there's you won't find that many people who will uh, say that Canelo won the second fight outright, right? Yeah. And then there are a lot of people who won't even say that Canelo won the first fight outright. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally thought he did enough during the first fight. Me too. Second fight, no. 
I, I don't I don't believe Canelo did enough in the second fight to warrant a decision. Mm. But like I said, I think that uh, Triple G, uh, I think we, we see a highly motivated Canelo, um, and he goes for the kill against Triple G. So I'm predicting a. I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say he's gonna knock out Triple G, but um, I think Canelo wins a, another uh, highly contested fight. Yeah, I think Canelo wins too. I think Canelo wins. I think he knocks him out. Dude. I think he knocks him out. I, I I think Canelo gets Triple G out of there this one. But see, to me, I'm like biased though. I think Canelo. I think Canelo didn't. I think like to me, the second fight was close enough. If you had like some swing rounds, so what did you think the second fight was? Was in terms of how many was it lopsided to you, or was it close? And was it entirely close the whole time? Like I thought it was a close. I thought it was a bunch of I, close rounds. I thought it was a, a lot of close rounds, but I thought it was a seven-five fight. Okay. At at the at the worst, okay, it's a seven-five fight. Got you. Okay. For Triple G. For Triple G. Okay. Cause I felt like there were so many swing rounds that it can go either way, and I, it's hard to judge swing rounds for me. Like I don't, I never argue against well, somebody for a swing round because swing rounds are like, all right, it can go. You can you can make an argument why it went another way. You know what I'm saying? So it's always my friend. I've been preaching this to you for the longest time. Turn the sound off, watch the fight. Oh, and they're, they're, oh, some dudes are suck. <laughs> no, and, and, and they they well, I will say this before the fight they give clear directions on um what on how the fight to be scored gotcha. clean and effective power punching mm-hmm. and if you look at if you just look at that um aspect of scoring the cards of scoring for the judges triple g was the guy who landed far more clean uh and more effective power punches and punches overall in my opinion yeah, now right. this is a fact it's just my opinion okay. right what you think about the uh What's your prediction, right? Real quick, I want to give a shout-out to Johnny Sig, who talked about the lack of promotion for this fight. Will, I want to ask you about that. But let me give my my, my prediction real quick. And that is, I believe this is kind of like Marquez Pacquiao. Remember, they fought to a draw the first time, yeah. and then you had Pacquiao winning the next two. But then Marquez cracked that code in that fourth fight and knocked Pacquiao via sixth round. I see Triple G winning, especially considering... The two fights that we talked about were so close. Mm-hmm. And I think finally Triple G, uh, he is sheer will, gets over the hump and beats Canelo. You're not going to knock Canelo Alvarez out. out. If Canelo was injured, maybe the fight could be stopped. But it's going to go the distance. And I see finally Benetti Golovkin winning this fight. That's an interesting. I mean, that's an interesting take, Ray. Um, you said you had you had a question for me regarding the lack of promotion for this fight. Well, I just want to know your thoughts because typically – you're on that type of stuff when a fight isn't pr- properly promoted. You highlight that as, as a, a just one of the downsides of boxing. And I feel like right now, just like Johnny Sig, he's in Vegas. He said he hasn't seen that one billboard out there. I haven't heard much at all about this on television or radio shows, yeah. anything. That's wild. You're, I think you're right about that, too. But go ahead, Will. Well, I, this has always been my opinion. It's very hard for, unless it's, let me say this, unless it's a rematch, it's very hard for the public to get behind the A side of a card who's coming off a loss, especially a loss that is so convincing, right? Yeah. Um, I think, and this is just my opinion, with the la- with Canelo's last performance in a and excuse me in May, um, there's some questions about him. So there's some questions, rightly so. Um, even though I, I I don't think a lot of, of people are giving uh, I, since I keep pronouncing. Forgetting how to pronounce this guy's name, um, 
the champ at 175 who uh Bibble? B- B- oh Dimitri yes. Bibble? Yeah. Dimitri Bibble, thank you. Um people are giving him his just due. But I think it's one there, there there's a couple things. I think um the lack the 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 luster's been taken off of the shine of Canelo because of his last performance. And then also, um I hate to say it, but this is a disowned fight. One of the things that we've come to learn mm. over the past couple of years is whenever there's a major fight on the zone, that fight typically does not get a lot of promotion on the major outlets and channels in sports, right? So you think about it, you don't see it, you you don't see it on because they don't have a network television affiliate, right? So we think about PBC, uh, those fights are on Showtime, but they also have uh Fox. They also have relationships with Fox, so you'll typically see promotion on Fox, especially this time of year, college football, NFL football. So you'll see that from a PBC fight. ESPN, you see ESPN um, fights promoted on all across all of the ESPN channels, right? And we even see it mixed in with some of the football promotion or basketball promotion. Then when you have the zone. The zone is kind of its own stand, its own standalone within the United States. Now, the zone is very big over in the UK, and there may be what you may see happen is you may see a lot of buys over in the UK because you know you have the zone, and then you also have Sky Sports. So, typically, my understanding is they they typically promote on that. They use Sky Sports and other uh, channels or other and other channels to promote their fights, but within USA. The Zone has found a, found a strategic uh, broadcast partner to partner with to promote their cards, and it really hurt. And, and I, in my opinion, it really hurts some of their cards. Leonard Ellaby calls it dead zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, I mean, <laughs> he calls it what? Dead zone. Dead zone. Dead zone. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right, so let's go to the let's go to the uh the fight the fight that looks like it's gonna go down. Anthony Joshua team uh Anthony Anthony Joshua's team have confirmed they accepted terms set out by heavyweight champ Tyson Fury Fury's team ahead uh, ahead for a potential fight December third. Uh, do you think this fight is going to happen? I'm gonna start with you, Ray. I want it to happen. And based on the fact that Usyk cannot fight for the remainder of the year, I believe it will happen. Eddie Hearn is all about making money. We just talked about the zone and the challenges facing the zone. But whenever AJ fights, it's always an event. And you're talking about Tyson Fury over there. Do you know how big that's going to be? This is the fight that we've always wanted to see. And now the world is going to get a chance to see it. I can't even imagine what that stadium atmosphere will be like. That would be a reason for us to go over the pond. So I want it to happen. Now, do I think it's going to, now, now, do I think it's going to happen? That's another question. With the Queen passing away, of course, that affected the Clarissa Shields card this weekend. There's no way of getting a good indication as to that happening right now. But I'll be honest, if I'm leaning one way, I'm going to say no, it's not going to happen. Hey, George said if, uh, Joshua Fury could feel Wembley, but Fury will probably whoop him. Uh, but yeah, Will. <laughs> You, Probably. Well, yeah. like read read that question. The first eight words of that question again for me. The first eight words of that and, question. Uh, yep. Of, of the first question? eight words. Okay, let me, let me yep. All right. Cool, man. You put me on the spot. Appreciate you, dog. Uh, <laughs> 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 Joshua's team have confirmed they accepted terms set out by heavyweight champ Tyson Fury's team. First, all right. 
they've accepted terms. They that that doesn't mean they've agreed to I, terms. I it doesn't mean a term sheet has been signed. I think often, far too often in boxing, <clears throat> when uh, we get excited for a huge match, um, when the business when the business side isn't necessarily handled correctly. Um, then fans start to get frustrated when that fight gets canceled. And I think that would be the situation with this fight for a couple of reasons. One, I'm I'm totally understanding and sympathetic towards the queen passing. But let's be real. Boxing promoters love their money. So if they were really in a hurry or rush to get this fight, this fight signed, this fight would be signed already, irregardless of the, of the passing of the queen. One, two, this is, um, that's number one. Uh, two, this is a huge fight that will probably need to be promoted across uh, two continents, right? USA, North America, and over in the UK. So you mean to tell me you've agreed to terms um, and you'll be able to set up press conferences. Probably, you probably need a press conference in New York. You need a press conference in Vegas. And you need a press conference over in the UK. And we are in within a 90-day um, time frame. For, this, for a fight this big to be, to be pulled off and for it to pull off just how everyone expects this to be because it's such a huge event, there are a lot of things, uh, logistics, that I don't necessarily think will work are working out if, just, if I'm thinking about this logically. So, yeah, they may agree to terms, but I don't think they're going to fight on December 3rd. Yeah. I'll believe it when December 3rd fight, when yeah. December 3rd happens. Yeah, I kind of believe, I'm with you. I, I'm like, like, I'm with all, with both of you all. Like, I don't see it happening. I just think that some BS is going to happen. Um, I think it sounds good, right? It sounds good. Like, this fight can happen. Oh, yeah, you know, it makes sense. Like, Ray said, uh, Usyk's not going to be able to fight, you know, for, you know, to, like, like, after this year. And then you have... Um, you know, December 3rd is a good day for Anthony Joshua. It, it all sounds good, but I just don't see it happening. You know, especially stuff that Let happens me, on uh, social media because this happens all the time. We get this type of crap all the time on social media. Folks always like, oh, we, we got it. We send the paper. We send the papers out there. Oh, yeah, we agree to the terms, but nothing's really truly signed to have the actual fight. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this question. Does it make sense if you're Tyson Fury, you have a potential fight on the line that you will be guaranteed prop, let's be honest, about a hundred, maybe a hundred twenty-five million dollar guaranteed purse to fight Alexander Usyk sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Why do you take a fight against Pice, Excuse me, against Anthony Joshua within a ninety-day span um, when there's a hundred million dollars potentially on the table for you next year? It just doesn't make sense to. Me. Do you, hey, but, I thought about this. Do you think he got? Do you think that he, a little in the back of his mind, he thinks he can lose to? Uh, he can lose to Usyk. I thought I thought about this. I'm like I'm trying to figure out no, why I, would you take so, this fight and not just try to. Heck no. All right. No, look, Usyk is at best six, maybe six three, six four. Um, Tyson Fury is a legit six foot nine. Tyson Fury is not only a six a guy who's six foot nine, but he fights as if he's six foot nine. Meaning that he fight against smaller opponents. He, he will fight on his. He'll put his weight on you, and he will fight off of his back leg and make it hard to make you a hard target to hit his chin uh-huh. or hit or hit him in the head. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Excuse me. It just to me, it doesn't make sense 
unless you really think, unless he really fully believes that Anthony Joshua is not only at this point, not uh, he's been exposed as a fighter, but he's also mentally broken yeah. as a fighter, then you take the fight. But if you have a potential hundred, I, what was it? The other week he was asking for $500 million in, in, a, in a purse for a fight against um, Alexander Usyk. So you mean to tell me now? I don't know the terms of you know. This, I think it's. This. I know we we know it's we know it's sixty forty, but I don't know yeah. the financial financially how much is being guaranteed to each fighter. Mm-hmm. So um, why jeopardize a potential fight where you're asking for five hundred million? You're not going to get five hundred million, but you probably get a hundred twenty something yeah. like that um, for whatever the purse is against Anthony Joshua. It, it doesn't make sense to me, but hey, a lot of things don't make sense to me in this world, and they continue to go on every day. Hey, on Facebook, um, in terms of if you believe this fight's gonna go down, my man John Lewis said, I, I'll believe it when I when it happens. Same like the thought process, I think, of all of us. You know what I mean? We'll, if it, we'll see if it happens. Once they sign the dotted line, then we, then we know. But in terms of the whole boxing game, um, ain't a guarantee to me. I don't see it actually happening. So. But again, if it happens, like 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 Ray said, it probably be be one of the biggest fights that we've seen in a long time in terms of like the setup in terms of especially down there. Like I can't say for over here, but um, definitely in London, in, in down there. By biggest women. fight in British boxing. Yeah, history. definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Not here, but over there, definitely. Yeah, over there it'll be. A, I mean, it'll be a, it'll be a huge fight. It'll be a I'm huge not gonna fight say a huge fight. It'll be, it'll it'll be, be a big, big fight. It'll be a big fight. It'll, it'll be a big fight. Yeah. I'll tell you this. If it does go down, I think that that fight over here, and I mean domestically, I mean in the mm-hmm. USA, could potentially have more buys. I mean, if it's done right and promoted right, which I don't think it can, it can be done <laughs> within a 90 days. Yeah. Um, I, I would say it, has, it, it gets more buys than a Usyk versus Theory fight. That's just my opinion because Anthony Joshua has established a fan base uh, a passionate fan base in the U.S. Yeah. And, he's, and, he's the wound, and he's the wounded too. Everybody likes to go wants to see what the wounded warrior is going to do anyway. All right, yeah. All right, you know what I mean. So, anyway, as part of our HBCU corner segment, we'll play our interview with uh, Alabama State University men's basketball coach Tony Madlock after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages. Yetig. Deuces on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. We the best music. Another one, another one. DJ Khaled. I like the wretchedest women. G6, let's get it. Rich coming down to the city. Oh God. Yo, God. Outside getting litty. Showing me the titties. Acting like a menace. Standing on the couch. Standing on business. Drinks in your mouth. Swallow, don't spit it. Party all the time. Feeling like Diddy. Shining a little wrist. Feeling like Billy. God did, God did. I'm a witness. I just sent 50 bottles to. Know the game getting a bit by the penis. Still in the meeting. Be back in a minute. The phone talking chicken. Hey. We the best, we too blessed, we keep winning. We the best. The party won't stop, it won't finish. Let's get it. Let's get it. Get it. We did it. Did it. I'm committed. committed. We all in it. In, it. in the city. city. We get litty. Lit. Get out your feelings and go get some benches. God did, God did. I'm a witness. Ooh. I just sent 50 bottles to. Ooh. Know the game getting a fit by the pennant. Still in the meeting, be back in a minute. I just 
Chinchilla activate, throw it back, it got an appetite. Patty cake, coming six figures, a patty face. The school at heart knocking, I graduated. I can't f with that b be aggravated. If I can't get that bag, I'm agitated. She popping that but she graduated. The party is animated. They keep telling me it's my time to tone it hot grind like it, I gotta take it. Angels watch over me, looking at demons and can't run, you gotta face it. When they give up on you, down it with you. Take it back to the basics. I'm a Dundada, lace on my products, popping my collar, three six mafia. Get it? We did it, did it. I'm committed, committed. We all in it. In, it. in the city, city. We get litty. Lit. Get out your feelings and go get some vengeance. God did, God did. I'm a witness. Ooh. I just sent 50 bottles to. Ooh. Know the gang getting fit by the pennies. Still in the meeting, be back in a minute. Capiche, we in on tilapia. It's a mob party, mob party. Sound like a line when the end started. Came from that band, now we sell out the garden. You said what? Beg your pardon. What? The trench coat, keep a carbon. Brrr. I pop out the coupe with a ratchet, ratchet. But I got a contact on Barbies. Barbie. Ducati, Kawasaki, Harley. Sky. Designer garments for the goddess. Yes. I was summer before being modest. It's what you doing, you got it. Pop it. I lost my grandma. We lost you Louis. are listening to the urban sports scene. I'm Wole, I'm your host, Ray Jeezy, Will T, left the building, but we are part of Ampire Media at AmpireMedia.com. I right, want to thank all, you all for tuning into our show, we appreciate you all, you know, we love you, we got much love for you. Before we sign off, uh, listen into our HBCU Corner interview with Alabama State University's men's basketball coach, Tony Manlock. Dope dude, he was amazing. We appreciate you all for tuning in. I just want you to enjoy this interview, man. Thank you. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene on Empire Media. That's at empiremedia.com. Welcome to HBCU Corner. You know, it's our HBCU segment, and I am excited to introduce our guest today. And our guest has an extensive hoops resume that includes nearly three decades of coaching experience. Our guest coaching journey includes notable stops at the likes of major D1 programs such as UTEP, Auburn, and Memphis. He's credited with guiding a turnaround of the University of South Carolina State men's basketball program in his lone season as head coach. He is currently charged with leading a talented group of student athletes heading into his first season at, as head men's basketball coach at Alabama State University. Welcome to the Urban Sports Scene, Coach Tony Madlock. What's up, Coach? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing, man? We're great. Doing good. It's Friday. We should be all excited. It's Friday. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. And, it's, and and we got college football going on. So I know. I know that's yeah. right. That's right. Oh, so right. I know you were excited last last Saturday that that Howard Alabama State game. That was a good game. Really, really good game, man. It was it was exciting, man, to be in Atlanta and to. Uh, to find a way to win that game, man, with all the, the delays with the, the weather. But it, it was it was a big time game, man. Big time win for Coach Robinson. Especially especially exposure, right? You know, being on that platform. We're talking about ESPN. Yeah, no no doubt. Anytime that we can get on a on a major network and be on ESPN on a on a on a Saturday night, hey, you can't beat that. Definitely. All right, so coach, I'm not very familiar with Alabama State, so I want you to tell me some fun facts about Alabama State. Well, the first thing that we're we're in the SWAC. Uh, conference, you know, you you got the MEAC and you got the SWAC for Division One, uh, HBCU uh, men's basketball, and and uh, you know it's a, it's, a, it's in Montgomery, Alabama, the capital of Alabama. It is uh, the reason I took this job is because of the, the resources here, the fan support, the city of Montgomery, the community uh, facilities, 
Uh, I mean, it's it just a, it's a great place. How's the food in Alabama? How, how's, how's the food over there? I'm, I'm, good, a, fat, I'm a foodie, man. I need to know the type of stuff. <laughs> I, I, I got you. I'm from Memphis, man. So I'm, I'm like you. You know, we like to go out and eat. And so, yeah, a lot of great restaurants here. Awesome. The barbecue good down there? It's good. It's, right. it's good. But, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's Memphis barbecue, but it's good. Oh, see, see that's, that's why I asked you. It's like, yeah. it's a Memphis barbecue. That's why I asked yeah, well, but you. But I'm biased, though, so you know how they go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is Memphis barbecue. Is that a wet? That's a wet rub, right? That's not a dry rub, correct? Yeah, it, it's it's both. It's both. Oh. Go either way. See, he's a Memphis. Oh, I'm a Three got, Six Mafia fan. Swag. Since he's in Memphis, he's I get hype. You know, you know, I love Three Six Mafia. That's a whole yeah. different. That's a whole different discussion. Yeah, exactly. Oh. But I, I'm I'm eight ball MJG. So oh, going, that's, what talk, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm a little, oh. a little older. Oh, I know. I love it. I, I love okay. the, the Bad Boy album when they came on Bad Boy. I was like, oh, okay. This is, yeah. I was surprised yeah. to be that good. I was like, on Bad Boy, I'm, I'm used yeah. to up the old stuff, but on Bad Boy, I was like, okay. Yeah. It's not no bad. Doubt. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. <laughs> All so, right. So, so go, right. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go right. It. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Coach, you played at Memphis in the early 90s. You just say you're a little older <laughs> with, with Penny Hardaway. We just want to know what was that experience like playing with Penny? Well, it, it's great, man. I get that question asked a lot, of course. Uh, you know, being from Memphis and Penny being from Memphis and, you know, we grew up, you know, watching each other's game. I'm a couple years older than Penny, uh-huh. uh, but playing AAU together uh, for a couple for, for a couple years. And, and then, of course, when he got to, to Memphis, man, he was the, the number one high school recruit in the country. And, and then, of course, you know, back in, in, in those days, man, I, usually our whole team uh, at the Tigers were, were from Memphis or surrounding uh-huh. areas. And so we had a, we had, you know, at that time you could have 15 scholarship guys. And I think my senior year, I think maybe 13 was from Memphis. So just, you know, it's just crazy. And then when Penny comes on campus and of course being the, you know, the number one player in the country and it just took us to a whole nother level. And that's why, you know, that my senior year, which was his first year playing, you know, we made a big run and we, you know, we made it to the elite eight out my senior year. Armada, yeah, that was, that was a tough squad. They were called Memphis State back then, right? Memphis State, Memphis yeah. State, man. So that's what's on my degree. Memphis State is on my degree. <laughs> <laughs> so, coach, we get right into it. So, Ray mentioned last season, last year, you coached for South Carolina State. So, how? And, and so that was in the MEAC. So, how excited are you to to move from the MEAC to the SWAC? And the SWAC has so much because the SWAC has so much buzz right now. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. And, and a lot of that goes with with uh, Coach Prime and what he's doing at, at Jackson. Uh, Jackson State. Uh, so we 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 all know what Coach Prime has done in his in his playing career, and he's bringing a lot of attention to the SWAC. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 different just because you know moving leagues. Uh, MEAC is you know it doesn't have as many teams as the SWAC, but uh, you know a lot of good good sports programs. You know football is really good. Uh, basketball, I think in in the SWAC is really really good. Uh-huh. So I'm excited about the move, man. I think it's a it's a it's a challenge, uh, but it's an opportunity to ch- kind of change the culture here and to uh, get this program back to winning, man. Hadn't had a winning season here in a while. So, you know, I think that's my job, and it's the reason why I was hired to try to turn this thing around. Especially the, turn, the turnaround you did for South Carolina State in one year. You know what I mean? They, this, that was the best season in a, in a while for South Carolina State. So Yeah, and like I said, man, it goes back to the administration that's there that gave me support, uh, came in, and then, you know, I was able to to recruit some young men to come in last year. And like I said, to try to change the culture. Uh-huh. You know, come in like, the year before I got there, they had won one game. It was one of the, the worst teams in America. And uh, we was able to, to to find a way to win 15. Uh, but it just goes back to the hard work those guys bought in and what I was preaching. And so hopefully I can get the same thing done here. All right, well, let me just say I appreciate that. And I, I can speak for Willie to We're MEAC guys, okay? We graduated from a MEAC school. And when I was in school and prior to that, South Carolina State was so good. But anyway, you already moved on from that. We, we went there. 
Now, your introductory press conference at Alabama State, you immediately talked about tomorrow I'm getting to work. We starting to recruit and we, we're going to hit the ground running. How was recruiting? And also, I'm looking at your non-conference schedule. Man, how did you pull that off? You got some tough games. Some yeah. good games, though. Good schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah, recruiting is good. You know, I and came in and, you know, when I took the job, you know, it just like, you know, the landscape of college basketball, really athletics now is that, you know, this transfer portal. So when I got, you know, when I got the job, before I stepped on campus, I had, you know, 10 guys that were former, former uh, team that, that jumped in the transfer portal. So, you know, I had to try to convince a couple guys to come back. So, you know how that, that works. But I basically got, we got a brand new team. So we're going to start from scratch and we're going to try the latest foundation of what we're trying to do. Uh, so, and I think that's the best way to do it. You know, let's come in and, and, and make, you know, get recruit guys that you think uh, want to try to play the style you want to play, uh, be the type of players you want to be on and off the court. Uh, and so now we're, we're excited about those guys and you're right about this schedule, man. But ain't that, you know, you, you guys know, man, HBCU, yeah. Uh, you got to go get these money games. Gotcha. You know, and that's the you know that's the part that's that's so tough that people don't understand, man. That you know, for our thirteen uh, non-conference games, you know, we're only gonna have you know one game at home, uh, and then of those thirteen uh, non-conference games, eleven of them are money games. Uh -huh. You know, meaning where somebody's gonna pay us money to come play them. You know, so you know, so those are tough, man. So that's when you have to you, you got to be mentally tough. You got to have these guys ready to play because you're gonna have to you know. Play a lot of games on the road, man. And you know, in college basketball, like no other sport, man, when you go on the road, before that, before that ball is tipped, you're down 10 before the game starts just because of how college mm -hmm. basketball is. So, you know, we so we got a lot of work to do, but we understand it, you know. So we we know what it is. We're not gonna cry about it. You know, we're gonna we're gonna find a way to go on the road and see if we can steal one or two. Coach, mm -hmm. you mentioned like, you know, your foundation, the foundation trying to base there. So what, what are some of your foundational goals? Well, first of all, like I said, a change the culture is about winning. You know, winning. How do you win? You know, and, and that starts with preparation, I think. You know, these guys from, from day one, you know, we've been in some, you know, we got here for summer school and we've been in school now three weeks, just finished out a third week. So these guys, you know, they, they understand what it takes to, 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 to work, you know, because we're really pushing these guys, man. We're conditioning, you know, we're, of course, we're weights. You know, we're doing team workouts. We're doing skill work. So it, now it's about the grind, you know, uh -huh. getting the grind and finding out, hey, man, who, who can push through this, these tough days? Because it's a tough days because, like I said, they're trying to learn me. I'm trying to learn them. Uh, so we're working every day, man, just to try to build this culture. But the biggest thing that I'm about, man, is toughness. You know, mental toughness, man. I'm big on that, how hard we play. I think I tell our guys every day, that's going to be our identity. You know, our identity is going to be, man, that team really plays hard. If, if I hear that from other coaches and from other teams, then I think I'm doing my job. All right. So there's, a, there's another Madlock that's on the roster, correct? Yes, sir. How, how is that going to benefit the rest of the team, considering he knows what you are expecting? He knows – the game plan, how can you, how can your son be beneficial in making this a winning program at Alabama State? Yeah, you're right about that because, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, I, I uh, brought three guys with me off my staff uh, from, from South Carolina State uh, and then my son. So those are the only guys that's on, in this program that know me, that know, you know, how I'm going to coach, how to react to me. So they're trying to learn me. Like I said earlier, I'm trying to learn them. But my son is, is kind of that bridge. You know, he's that guy that says, hey, man, don't worry about it. Don't worry about some of the stuff he's saying. Don't, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, take take it for what it's worth. Let it come in one ear, process it, let it go out the other. Because I, I coach these guys pretty hard. And uh, but the thing about it, I think the reason I can coach them hard is because I think they know that it's all about love. Yeah. I just want to win and it's about love. So so uh, I think, yeah, now he's gonna he's gonna be a, a a big ambassador of what I'm trying to do on trying to make sure these guys understand, you know, what I'm saying.
So, so yeah, coach, so oh, I'll go regular right, Rams. Right. So I'm gonna go right. I just say real quick as a follow up. It, it seemed like it, it was a extensive search for Alabama State, and when they finally got you, I saw the student body came together. They're like, man, we got a tough coach. I don't know how these young guys gonna respond to him. So. I think that's awesome for college, though. And once you start to win and you gain that discipline, it's effective. But do you at times say to yourself, you know, let me let me ease up a, a bit on these guys, or you only know one way, and that's the way you go, and that's yeah, how you're going to do it? Yeah, I think I only know one way. I've learned, you know, <laughs> I, I think I've learned. But uh, being assistant coach, man, for for 25 years before, you know, the last two years, I you know, I I know, I think I know how to to turn it off, to turn it down okay. a little bit. Uh, because, like I said, man, being an assistant coach, you know, you're always building that guy that's that's got to kind of smooth stuff out, you know, you, as being an assistant coach. So now, you know, I, I think sometimes that, you know, when I go hard or, you know, I'm, I'm after these guys. But like I said, I think they're going to respond to it because they know it's out of a place of, of love and just want to win. You know, I'm not I'm never going to you know, I told them all the time. It's never personal. Yeah. It's never personal. And so as but thing about it is we recruit my, my staff knows that, you know, when they talk to a, a high school coach, an AAU coach. A junior college coach, the first thing is, you know, first, is he coachable and can he be coached hard? Uh, because that's going to happen here. I mean, if you play for me, you're going to be play, coached hard. Uh, but, you know, but if that, that uh, comes into winning, then I think the guys want that, you know, especially yeah. because we haven't done it. So now we got to find a way. So whatever works, let's, let's find a way to do it so we can win. Well, coach, the, the good thing is that you have the resume. You can, you, you, they can see the turnaround. You did at South Carolina State. And I'm a, in, in, in a college game, in college basketball, I mean, you, you know this and you experienced it. Kids want to win. Like, exactly. there's no, like, when they're together, they want to win. They don't want to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? All comp- they're competitors. You know, when you get to the NBA game, everything changes to a certain extent, but they right. want to win too. But it changed to a certain extent. But in college, they just want to win. No doubt. No doubt. And you're right about that. And, and so hopefully that's what these guys are, are about because that's all we talk about. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's crazy. I know I sound like a broken record to my guys, uh, but but it's, it's all about winning. How can we win? How can we turn this program? Because losing is not fun. You know, when, you know, it, you know, when you when you you start a season off, man, and you're over this and you still trying to preach to these guys and trying to get them to be bought in and stay locked in. It's hard. You know, at, at South Carolina State this past year, man, we started the year off. We were 0 and 5, you know, mm-hmm. 0 and 5. And you trying to figure out, man, hey, what am I doing? Because it's my first coaching job. You're trying to figure out, hey, man, am I pushing the right buttons? But, you know, I've been taught, man, by a lot of really good coaches that I've worked under. And that's the state state of course. Stay the course, and that's what we did, man. We were, like I said, able to turn that thing around. So I know you talk about this being sort of a new roster, but I'm just looking around on social media. It's some buzz about this roster. What are you excited about with the guys that you have on this team this upcoming year? And is there anybody that you necessarily want to shout out? Or maybe you could just say, you know what, this guy's working hard. I expect big things from him this year. Yeah, and, and it's really the whole team right now. Like I told you, man, I'm still trying to learn these guys, but the, the returning guys, you know, guys I'm really proud of that, first of all, they they stuck with it uh, to try to stay here and try to help build this culture and, and, and its winning tradition, get this winning tradition back at Alabama State. So I'm proud of those guys. I mean, all my newcomers, though, all my newcomers, because I signed uh, a couple of D1 transfers, mm-hmm. uh, got a couple, I got a JUCO guy. Uh, actually, two JUCO guys. I got three high school kids, so I think I got a really good mix of of what you got to try to do. Uh, and I think all of them are, are buying in right now, and I'm I'm proud of them, man, because they're working their behinds off. And that's all I want them to do, man. Work, 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 man. We we worked out this morning. We had a 5 a.m. lift this morning. Uh, guys are getting some shots up now. We'll you know go to class, go to academic practice today. Uh, come back and we'll do conditioning this afternoon. 
And then tomorrow, we'll, we'll come in. We'll get it early in the morning because it's a football Saturday for here. So it's our first home football game. So we'll, we'll work out. We'll do a team workout in the morning early. Uh, let these guys then come back and tailgate and let these guys, you know, enjoy college, man. So, hey, we're grinding right now, man, but these guys are working, and I'm, I'm excited about them. Hey, Coach, do you, like, ever, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say new school folks, new school ballers, but do you ever, get like, show these kids some of the old school ballers just to get them, you know, to work on their game or this, that, <laughs> and the other? Like, I would say news. Everybody watch James Harden, a little, you know, step back travel. But yeah. do they watch, <laughs> like, do you give them, like, like oh, the new school ball? It's like back in the day, like, you know, Magic Johnson, Mike, I mean, Michael Jordan, everybody knows Michael Jordan, but yeah. Larry Bird, some folks like that. No okay. no doubt, because we do a lot of comps, man. So as you're, as you're, you know, talking to your guy and you're talking, hey, man, I need you to play like this, or you may send a guy something from Chris Paul. You may send some guys, like you said, from Magic, from Stockton, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying? Carl Malone, the mailman. So, yeah, I, I, because I'm, a, like I said, I'm an old school guy. So, yeah, I, I send them that stuff, and we talk about it all the time, man, and they call me old, but, you know, it's part of it. <laughs> it's all good, man. When I, when I coach ball, I used to get with the best player at 32, Magic Johnson number all the time. They're like, I don't want Magic. Yeah, man. I don't want LeBron. I, I don't want Sampson. this guy to get Magic. Forget I watch Ralph Sampson, Will Chamberlain. <laughs> I, watch, I watch all the older school guys, man. Back when black when centers actually matter. I love that game. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> do, you coach, do you coach up the centers to, like, to be in a block and not shoot threes? Yeah, no, well, listen, you know, you don't have to give them – got to. Throw him a carry and a bone every now and then now. Yeah, okay. Hey, like you said, it's new it's new school. But <laughs> but like I hey, but I love I love a four or five man that you can give it to him on the block and say, man, go give me a bucket. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm so with you. So coach, before we let you go, I mean you went from the MEAC to the SWAC. Obviously, you like you like you love coaching at HBCU. So what yeah. does coaching at the HBCU mean to you? Man, and it, it was it's crazy because you know, I've been before I went to South Carolina State, of course, I've been in some high major programs, you know, uh -huh. from Memphis to Auburn, Ole Miss. And, and those, you know, high major programs, the best of the best, you know, great facilities, you know, unlimited resources, you know, how you travel, <laughs> all those things. So now, you, you know, I go to I go to South Carolina State and, you know, it's different, you know, but I, I, I went in knowing exactly what it was going to be. And I had no problem with that. Uh, but being that being around us every single day, you know what I mean? It, just, it felt different, man. It, it felt different, you know, pulling on campus and. And, and, you know, going you know, to the administration building and, and seeing us work and, and seeing our young men and, and women walk around campus and, and, you know, have that having that HBCU across your, your chest, man, it's, it's nothing like it, man. And then, of course, you know, last year was my first uh, HBCU homecoming, you know, because, like I said, you know, and tailgating. And, you know, like I said, you talk about, you know, at Ole Miss, they talk about the Grove and that, that, that tailgate off the chain is, is big time. You know, Auburn tailgate, Memphis tailgate, all those high-level programs, especially when you talk about football, yeah. you know, it's big-time tailgate. But it's nothing like an HBCU tailgate. And it's mm. nothing like an HBCU homecoming. And I told, I told all my friends after the homecoming last year, I like, hey, man, you, you guys have no idea, you know, who has never been. So I was really excited about that, man. Like I said, just being around us and, and you know, going on, the, going on the road, man, and that band is, is in the stands. Uh, you know, with the majorettes and making noise, and it, it just makes a different environment, man. That that uh, that it was really fun, man. I had I really enjoyed it, and that's what I'm I'm proud to be part of the HBCU family. Well, coach, thanks for being on HBCU Corner. Also, Thank man, thanks for all thanks for being a part of this HBCU buzz, you know what I mean? Like Ray said, you brought, you're bringing buzz to Alabama State. So thank you for being a part of the whole culture, the whole change, the whole momentum of what, what's going on. Man, I appreciate you guys, man. And like I said, man, I. I look forward to talking to you guys again, man. Hopefully, man, you guys come down, check a game out, whatever we need to do, man. Come, 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 hang out with us, man. That's the plan. We trying, we trying to do, we trying to go on tour. We are gonna do a whole tour, coach. <laughs> you and, need to, man. That's on the list. 
it's, it's, it's nothing like, man, Montgomery, the city, and like I said, Alabama State, man, the fan support is great, man, and they really, really love their school here. So, man, I'm, I'm excited about it. Well, thanks again, Coach. We appreciate it. All right, peace.